0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Phantom Thread in today's review episode. I can show you the world Just take a look through my eyes You gotta dig a little deeper It really ain't that far Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis have teamed up again to give us a brand new 2017 film called Phantom Thread. Uh, it follows uh, the 1950's uh, a dressmaker, a renowned dressmaker, played by Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, as, as well as his sister, Cyril, played by Leslie Manville, and uh, just kinda him in his life, uh, leading his life, until he meets and I don't know if falls in love with is the right way to put it, but um, becomes enamored with, infatuated with, uh, drawn to uh, Vicky Creps, Creeps? Kreps? <clears throat> who is, uh, when we meet her, a young server at a, a diner of sorts. <clears throat> and the movie plays out interestingly. Uh, it's It's very long and it essentially chronicles the tumultuous relationship that um, Alma, Vicky Krepp's character, Alma and um, Reynolds Woodcock, that is Daniel Day-Lewis' character, the, the the relationship that they have and, and experience. And, you know, from the very um, doe-eyed sort of first meeting to, um, you know, living together and the the fluctuation of their feelings from the highs to the lows, uh, the inevitable kind of falling out, the inevitable um, resurgence of their emotions, and and so on and so forth. It is in in a man. It, it's it's the performances in this movie are incredible. You know, it's Danny D. Lewis. He's always great. Um, Leslie Manville is is very rigid in a glamorous kind of way. It it really works as as the sister and Vicky Kreps is, um, for my money, the best performance in this movie. She is phenomenal, Uh, and I think um, I I'm I'm excited to see her and other stuff. You know, this is the third movie that I've seen her in. And the other two, I don't really remember her being in. She's very tiny. She has a smaller role in those movies. Uh, A Most Wanted Man and Hannah. But at this point, I'm definitely interested in in learning and seeing her in in more things. So the performances are all good. There's no no issues with that. Uh, I think the costumes are phenomenal. I... I, (laughs) It's funny, you know, I went and saw this with the, my girlfriend, and one of the early scenes, one of the first scenes is um, Reynolds presenting and and um, showing off this dress he has made for a woman who arrives at his, um, I guess you would, I don't know, it's like his house, but like it's also where he works, so I, I don't know exactly the right terminology, but uh, his house, and she puts it on and and she you know they they have us a, a a scene where they kind of like present her and they show the wide the medium shot and you get to see her top to bottom and like we both looked at each other my girlfriend and I and we both kind of made this like eh face and that doesn't detract from the fact that like the costumes are fantastic i didn't i didn't regard each one of them as beautiful and and uh head turning necessarily, but they're all striking in a different way, and i'm obviously i am obviously if you know me, I don't really have an eye for fashion, but uh we not not all of the the dresses uh in the movie were gorgeous uh in my opinion, but most of them are, and the costumes you know i think a lot of people are predicting this to win costume design it would be a well deserved win if it got that i think i definitely think that's the case uh so costumes fantastic they're just as great as uh you expect them to be uh the music uh it flows it's it's extremely poignant and and um amplifies this movie in such a great way you have um, fantastic camera work and cinematography this movie looks great it sounds great the sound design and sound mixing and editing is all brilliant um, the particularly the breakfast scenes with buttering toast and um, pouring water like all the way those those the sound designs around those little tiny elements are crafted is you know it's it stands out it is one of the most recognizable elements of this movie when you walk away from it in my opinion and all that is to say that technically on a technical level this movie has very little flaws I I think uh, it, it succeeds technically in everything it's setting out to do unfortunately I can't. I, I just I can't really recommend it because it has a very glaring flaw of another kind. And so, as the story isn't particularly complex, um, what makes the movie m- complex uh, is the characters, um, particularly the trio of ma- of of starring lead characters of Day Lewis and Manville and Krebs, and how they all interact and, and um, grow and change with the course of the movie, with Krebs and Day Lewis definitely growing and and having their own character arcs far more significantly than Manville's character, in my opinion. But like the performances aren't bad and the problem is And I'm going to try and and avoid spoilers here. But the problem is the third act um, resolution. Uh, If you've seen the movie, um, then it's the omelet scene. Okay? That scene, taken by itself, is phenomenal. Uh, It is currently one of the five scenes I have nominated for best scene this year. It is that good. And the, the entire scene played out from Alma's point of view, I think, is incredibly strong. I get, I fully understand her character, I think, in this movie. I'm, it makes sense to me. I, whether or not I agree with it doesn't matter because I can read it. I can see it in her face. I can see it in her actions. I can see it in the way she speaks and what she says. And at the end of the movie, I understand why she did what she did. And why she's happy. That makes sense to me. Daniel day lewiss character, on the other hand, I don't have that same understanding. I follow him up to a certain point. But that omelet scene, I don't get it from his perspective. And the reasons that I have worked out in my head as to why things play out the way they do... Might might have worked if I had seen evidence of them in the movie. They they don't show that. Uh, it it just seems that it, it just it's 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 a debilitating decision that he makes, and I don't understand why he makes it, other than the fact that we are told that he's happier that way. But telling us that doesn't doesn't convince me that that is the case. You know, I can show you, or I can tell you that I like to—I I, I like to—I um, don't know—punch walls. I love to punch my fist through walls. But the—I can—but just telling you that doesn't explain why that's the case, and doesn't really make you—probably doesn't make you believe that I do like that. You would have to see me do it. But then it's it's there's another shade to it. You have to actually see the way I react and the way I feel punching a wall and enjoying punching a wall. And I just I, I have thought about this movie since I watched it, and I just cannot get over that hump in in fully connecting and committing to what Daniel Day Lewis's character supposedly um, becomes. I, I just it doesn't. I think we're missing a scene or two. I think we're missing a step, and I don't fully embrace it. And second, the the second main issue is with Leslie Manville's character. So, you know, I think this is just another case where like I can make the I can figure the connections out, but this movie doesn't give me enough evidence to confirm them. Uh, so, there's a point where early on in the movie. Um, there's a different woman that Danny Lewis is, quote-unquote, with, and Leslie Manville kind of, like, within, like, the first ten minutes, ultimately, you know, goes to Danny Lewis, and she's like, look, you know, you want me to tell her to go away, or something to that effect. And you get the impression that she kind of puts up with the recurring objects of desire that uh, her brother... Uh, goes through, which is fine, and and I, I fully get that, that, you know, she is who she is, and uh, she generally doesn't like them, it seems, she's very cold and standoffish, and when Vicky Kreps enters the picture, we get the same thing, she isn't particularly warm, she is abrasive at all turns, and then we get to this point where Manville's character refer, remarks that she likes Vicky Kreps. She likes Alma. And I don't think that is is paid off. I don't think that's built up enough. Um, and then we don't really see Manville's character in the last 10 minutes of the movie. And I think that leaves me to wonder what, her response and her reaction is to the final turn in the film. I, I, I think there's just, I, I just, I can't imagine based on what we've already seen early on that that, that Cyril would be appreciative or, or, or would go along with this type of thing. And maybe that means that she doesn't. Maybe that means that she leaves finally and steps out of the shadow of her brother but we don't see that. We don't get that scene. Or or maybe she commits to it, you know? Stranger things could happen. But we don't see that. We don't get that scene. And I just I don't know. I, I think there's a lot. There's a ton of subtext that we're supposed to be reading into. And the movie doesn't give us enough information to determine that. And I think, ultimately to its own detriment, it ends up muddying the characters that it has presented us with over two hours. So, I think the movie overall is good. I think it does it does let me down in the third act, but it, it lets me down with the fallout from one of the best scenes of the year, in my opinion. On the other hand... Um, There are, I mean, I did mention it's very long. Some of the things, like, I think you could cut out the entire party scene that's in the third act. Uh, It doesn't, didn't tell me anything I didn't already know about the characters that are in it. Felt like more just uh, an excuse for Paul Thomas Anderson to, you know, show off a little bit. Felt like a flourish, because I don't think it needed to be there. Um... And then, like, there's there's this rapper that goes around the whole movie, and at times cuts into the movie of Krebs talking by the fireside. I don't know. I, I'm probably saying her name wrong, but but that this quote-unquote fireside chat is um, it doesn't add anything to the movie for me either. It, it doesn't, you know, it presents this mystery of who she's talking to. And I think, one, that just distracts from the main movie, uh, but two, doesn't offer an additional layer to the movie that we don't get from seeing it. And I think cutting that out and shortening the movie and and tightening it up just that little bit, if we just cut out that wrapper, we just cut out, like, the party scene, you know, that's maybe 10, 15 minutes you could shave off this runtime, and I think that instantly improves this movie. Uh, it doesn't fix some of the other problems, but it does help, um, in my opinion, with the pacing, which at times is is a little slow and, uh, you know, kind of leaves you wanting a bit more, a bit, a bit more frenetic pacing. And not, not that this needs to be the kind of movie that's you know, Mad Max Fury Road by any stretch, but it it is very deliberate, and I think um, one, like the most energetic scene is perhaps the one-on-one dinner scene, and I think that's a great scene, and the, the movie itself is so well written, and so well, well, the dialogue is well written, obviously the, the the narrative is not quite as well written in my opinion, but the movie does succeed most of the time, unfortunately, it chooses not to succeed at the most pivotal part of the movie, and that's the end, it, it that's where it messes up, and, you know, it's not the most egregious offender, you know, it's not fences from last year, in my opinion, which I think, <laughs> I think shits the bed a lot harder, but Phantom Thread definitely uh, left me uh, confused, you know, I, talking about this movie after seeing it, I wasn't very high on it. Uh, I I didn't think it was great. Uh, you know, all these reviews on Letterboxd, you know, five star, five star, four and a half, four and a half, four and a half, five star, bl- boggles my mind. And like listen, and like reading through the reviews, I, you know, I, they they praised A. Lewis, they praised acting, they play the praise the score and the cinematography and all that stuff. And I just I don't see that movie. I I don't know. You know, it's the second highest rated movie of the year on Letterboxd. And that's... You know, I rated it, ultimately, a 69. So, again, that's not bad. Far from bad, in fact. But, if you look at it as... Um, that means that there are 70 movies that I've seen this year I rated higher. Which given that i've seen almost 350, you know, that's not a not the worst place to be in, but certainly is a far cry from the masterpieces that i think Paul Thomas Anderson is responsible for. Like There Will Be Blood and The Master and Boogie Nights and Punch-Drunk Love, you know, i think those are all far, far better movies. Far, far better movies. Um so that being said, not going to go into spoilers, uh you know, It I would just kind of be breaking off into specifics about things I've already touched on, so I don't really feel the need to do that. Um, this is coming out Monday. Uh, Wednesday's episode does not have a Fantasy Movie League update attached to it because it doesn't need it. Um, and I'll just kind of sum that up right now in a couple sentences. If you played Den of Thieves seven times, you had a good week. If you didn't, you're pretty much out of contention, and I don't think we've ever seen the disparity between um, the top and bottom the top group on the Cinerealist Fantasy Movie League and everyone else, because for reference, um, I'm in sixth place now, and I'm 86 million dollars behind. No, 96 million, 94 million dollars behind number one. Uh, pretty big gap, but. I mean, definitely not insurmountable with six, five weeks to go. Perksplex is in seventh. They are $146 million behind. And everyone eight and below is more than $200 million behind the lead. That is, I think, insurmountable. I think that is incredibly insurmountable. I, I don't see anyone catching up outside of the top seven. Uh, I doubt, it. you know, I think it's unlikely that anyone outside of the top seven breaks into the top seven based on, like, the pro, based on the progression of the season. So, really no specific Fantasy Movie League update on, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, so that's why Wednesday's episode is a little longer than normal and how I normally do it. So, that is how that's gonna be. And, um, that's gonna be it for today's episode. Um, the Oscar nominations come out tomorrow. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's what Friday's episode will be about. But, until then, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with me, uh, you can contact me on through email, circleoffilm@gmail.com. at gmail You can at me on Twitter, at circleoffilm. Uh, I'm always, always excited and looking for more top, some number of movie lists. Uh, you know, um, whether it's Zack and James with their top 300s, or, or Moran's top 300, or, or Kyle's top 250. Uh, always looking for more lists if you're willing to share. If you want to check out the website, you can go to circleoffilm.com. Look at the latest 2017 Circle of Film Award nominations. Those are nearly finalized. I am very close to being completely finalized with those movies, uh, with those nominations. Um, you can also check out the 2018 Circle Film Award nominations, as I've seen six movies from this year so far, and um, they all have eight or more nominations already, and you can keep track and follow along as as these pretty awful early movies are slowly cut out of uh, their nominations. I think, what is it right now? Um, the nomination leader right now is The Commuter with 14, uh, including... Three nominations for Best Original Scene, or Best Best Scene, uh, so there's that. Or you can look at Forever My Girl, which is the worst movie of the year, and has five nominations for Best Original Song. So there's that. Uh, you can keep track of that on the website as well as many other things. And then finally, you can support the show um, and support me doing the show at Patreon, um, patreon.com slash film. Plenty of options over there. I encourage you to check it out if you are so inclined. Um, and, as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fails. So long